Hello, folks, and welcome to Songs of Our Own, a marital tour through the music that shaped us. I'm your co-host, Lee Strickland. And I'm Alioni. Well, hey, Al. Hey, Lee. How you doing? I am doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so good. excited to be here with you today. Yeah, me too. It's, it's February. It's Valentine's Day. Love is in the air. Ooh, who doesn't love good love? Well, I'll tell you who. The singers of our song for this month's bonus episode that's who yeah they they've been uh injured they've been emotionally scarred they have they they truly show that love hurts (laughs) so lee i i love a good anti-love song as much as anyone Uh uh-huh but love hurts is like next level (laughs) anti-love song It really is. And I mean, we had talked about like doing an anti-love song for Valentine's Day since it's just like a total Hallmark holiday and stuff. And I wanted to do Love Hurts because like, so we listened to like six different versions of this song. And as we're listening, you were like, so we're really spanning like decades here. And I was like, oh, just you wait. (laughs) So I wanted to pick this song because I think it bridges like so many genres of music and so much like many different periods in music that uh, I thought it would be kind of fun to get to listen to all these versions from all these famous people. Yeah, I mean, there are some where you can really tell what decade we've arrived in, uh, like the one for the 80s. I was like, oh, yeah, get get some disco on right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's like a disco one. Oddly, the most recent one we listened to was the bluegrass cover. Mm-hmm. I so. did enjoy that one. I was like, love hurts, but that banjo player is getting it. Yeah, love's not hurting that person. <laughs> Well, Lee, tell us a little bit about the song. Tell us about the artist. Yeah, so Love Hurts is a song written and composed by the American songwriter uh, Boodaloo Bryant, um, first recorded by the Everly Brothers in July 1960. The song is most well-known from the 1974 international hit version by Scottish hard rock band Nazareth. They're Scottish? They're Scottish. Whoa. Okay, continue. Yeah. And uh, 1975 top five hit in the UK by English singer Jim Capaldi, who had the like disco version. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, So appearances. So the song was introduced in October of 1960 as an album track on the album uh, A Date with the Everly Brothers, you know, oddly by the Everly Brothers, um, but was never released as a single A or B side by the Everlys. The first hit version of the song is by Roy Orbison, who earned Australian radio play, um, hitting the top five of the country's singles charts in 1961. A recording by Graham Parsons and Emmy Lou Harris uh, is included on Parsons' posthumously released Grievous Angel album. Um, after Parsons' 1973 death, Harris made the song a staple of her repertoire and has included it in her concert set lists from the 70s to the present day. Um, Harris has since re-recorded the song twice. The most successful recording of the song is again by the Scottish hard rock band Nazareth, um, who took the song to the U.S. Top 10 in 1975 and number one in Norway and the Netherlands, also in 1975. Um, In the U.K., the most successful version of the song is by former Traffic member Jim Capaldi, who took the song um, to number four in the charts in November of 1975 during an 11-week run. Wow. People were really anti-love at that moment. They were. 1975 was hard. 
Um, the song was also covered by Cher in, um, it says in 1975, but I think it's actually in 1991 um, for her album. Oh, yeah, I know. So she did cover it in 1975 for her album Stars and then re-recorded the song in 1991 for her album Love Hurts. Wow. So we started off um, with Roy Orbison's version. Um, so again, Roy Orbison covered Love Hurts in 1961 and issued it as a B-side to his Running Scared while uh, to his song Running Scared. While Running Scared was an international hit, the B-side only picked up significant airplay in Australia. Consequently, uh, chart figures from Australia show Running Scared Love Hurts as a double A-side, both sides peaking at number five. This makes Orbison's recording of Love Hurts, the first version, to be a hit. Wow. Okay. So that's why we listened to it, because I wanted to show you, like, the first hit of this song. And it's way different than the later versions. It is. It. So as we were listening to it, I was like, okay, this is a lot slower than the hit that I think of. Like, this person... If you think about the stages of breakup sadness right there in the very beginning of like mopey, eating some ice cream, sitting in the dark, not talking to anybody. And I was like, okay, so this will probably be the slowest one. And then we listened to Graham Parsons and Emmy Lou Harris and I was like, oh, it can get slower. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can get even sadder. Yeah. And I love like Roy Orbison just has that voice that's instantly recognizable as mm-hmm. like, oh, that's Roy Orbison. And every time I hear him, I'm a little like, why aren't you singing Pretty Woman? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I loved his version being that like slow, like... I associate Roy Orbison with like kind of rockabilly and that like start of rock and roll, but this is really different because there was like an orchestra backing him. And I don't know. I really liked this version. I did like, I think probably my favorite was the Graham Parsons, Emmylou Harris version. Oh really? And I love that that's a duet. Mm-hmm. Cause like most of these versions are men singing like love hurts, but this duet version of Emmy Lou and Graham singing, like I think really adds some depth to it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like both of you are feeling the same, like breakup or, you know, whatever is hurting. So I think that added something. Yeah, I would agree. Like love, unless it's like unrequited love, it's a two-way street. And so there are going to be multiple voices in there that are feeling that hurt at different points in time and it's it's always nice to have like both of those in the same song yeah i agree it adds you know multiple perspectives and i think it just makes the song like feel more complete or more Mm well-rounded which i really appreciate yeah so that's my favorite version um did you have a have a favorite version i i mean who doesn't love Cher? she's a queen she's great uh, but I think I liked the newest one that you talked about. Okay. That's from the um, the Osborne brothers. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm like a little bit outside of love being that hurtful. I'm, I'm past like sadness and ice cream and I'm more <laughs> on to like, okay, let's slay the effing day then. Mm-hmm. Like, fine. If this is going to hurt, I'm going to get it. And... I feel like that's what that um, banjo was all about. It was like, yeah, love still hurts and there's still a cloud and a lot of rain, but like I can be upbeat and I can move through this. And yeah, I don't know. I really liked 
just the pacing of it. I love the instruments in it. It was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I'm always a fan of, of some good bluegrass. And that version was really fun and like oddly upbeat. Mm-hmm. Like I think you're right. It's like them at this kind of ending stage of this like pain or this grief. Mm-hmm. Um, so this that version of the song by the Osborne brothers was actually featured in Deadpool 2. Oh, no way. And then the like Deadpool Christmas. Okay. And it is in, so it's in the part of Deadpool 2 and trigger warning. It's in the part of Deadpool 2 where Deadpool is committing suicide oh. like over and over again because his wife has been killed. Oh, okay. So, yeah. She, oh, that's so sad. She was so good. Uh, yeah, I never saw the first one or the second one or the Christmas one. Yeah, um, I saw the first one. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I can see why that one would resonate with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think the other one that I did enjoy was the like 80s disco. <laughs> the like the Jim Capaldi one? Yeah. Okay, that we both kind of started bobbing our heads to. Yeah. There's just something about good disco music that I'm like I I just can't be sad if I want to like get up and groove. Right. Yeah, that one um yeah, what were my notes for that one? Somebody I read somewhere was talking about how like Roy Orbison is singing about like a kind of hurt and then Jim Capaldi is singing about like a completely different kind of hurt. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing in all of these different songs is like you can tell that the artists are drawing on some different experiences. Like Roy Orbison and Graham Parsons and Emmy Lou Harris are very sad. Mm-hmm. And then like this disco I don't know. It's more of a like love hurts. I loved my ice cream cone and I dropped it, but I'm going to keep on moving. Right. Like it's not as as heartbroken. Right. Yeah. It's not um, not quite as sad. Yeah. And I'd never heard that version before until we listened to it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is oddly like upbeat. And so like Jim Capaldi was in uh, the band Traffic with Steve Winwood. So like this very awesome like 60s hard rock band. And it's super funny because he seems to go very, like, 70s and 80s, like, synthesizer, disco. And, like, Steve Winwood totally went that way, too, who was also in traffic. Mm-hmm. Like, went very heavy in, like, synthesizers and stuff. And it's super funny to see that that's the direction both of them went. Yeah. After this, like, crazy 60, like, psychedelic band. <laughs> hey, everybody's got to grow up. That's right. Everybody needs to grow up and play disco. <laughs> so I really like that version, too. Um, yeah, the version we listened to by Nazareth, um, was the most popular version, as I said. Uh, they performed the song as a power ballad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they, um, they change a couple lyrics here and there. They do. The one that I noticed the most, like, in all the other versions, it's like, love is like a stove, burn you when it's hot. And then in the Nazareth version, it's like, love is like a flame, burn you when it's hot. Mm -hmm. And the very logical side of me is like, when is a flame not hot? Like, are you just always going to get hurt by love? Because that is just the nature of love. And maybe that's what you're trying to get at versus other folks are like, sometimes love doesn't hurt. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think the lyric change is interesting. And I think it like it fit for the updated sound that they were trying to bring to this Mm -hmm. like they again the hard rock very power ballad like they're really trying to update this song to fit the time and so i think updating the lyrics fits i think it keeps it keeps it close enough to the original Mm -hmm. 
while like making it a little bit more modern. Mm-hmm. So I think they do a good job. You know, I do appreciate, again, the Osborne brothers doing the most current version that we listen to, but keeping it um, classic mm-hmm. and sh- like really doing that in a classy way. Yeah, I feel like the Nazareth power ballad is for the like true rockers who struggle to feel their feelings. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, like add a sick guitar solo and then I can say love hurts. Right. I have to sing this one out. <laughs> Yeah, so I appreciate that version. That is also the version, if you are a fan of um, the TV show, That 70s Show, Mm -hmm. they did an episode that I think was called, like, That Disco Show that was totally, like, a song and dance show. Mm -hmm. And so they do Love Hurts in it. And then it totally gets, like, super disco-y, and they all start dancing and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's, It's pretty funny. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend YouTubing that clip. Great. So, yeah, and then we listened to um, Cher's version off of her 1991 album, which is a cover of the Nazareth version, mm-hmm. and it's good. I think Cher just, like, shares it up. She does. Cher can't help it. I know. Cher she's, does share. She's just so good, and she also adds a really sick guitar solo in there. She does. Yeah. I Cher is another one of those people where they start singing, and you're like, oh, I know who this person is. This is Cher, baby. Oh, I know. I still, every time I hear her, I just think about Mamma Mia 2 when they're singing Fernando and the, like, fireworks are going off in the background. I know. I always think of, because, like, when we were watching, when I was growing up or when we were growing up and watching cartoons, Mm -hmm. like, she was kind of coming back into, like, popularity. And she had, like, If I Could Turn Back Time. Oh, yeah. And, like, every, like, Looney Tunes cartoon, like, they all made fun of her. Uh Uh-huh. So every time I hear Cher, I just, like, picture that, like, Looney Tune version of her just being like, if I could turn back time, (laughs) you know? Yep. So I do. I love Cher. And, like, her Mamma Mia 2 cameo was wonderful. And they played the whole version of Fernando, which was good because I was going to walk out of that theater if they tried to cut one minute of Fernando. (laughs) Yeah, you don't mess with Lee and his love of Fernando. You do not. (laughs) So, yeah, those were the versions we listened to. I think each is, like, special in its own way, and each brings something different and unique to the table, which I really appreciate in a song that's, you know, written in 1960. Yeah, I mean, I think that just speaks to the timelessness of the theme, right? Like, people are getting their hearts broken all the time. Yeah. And so, like, no matter how you zhuzh it up for the era that you're in, like, the sentiment is still the same. Love still hurts. Love still hurts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's a, like, it's a really universal theme to draw upon. I mean, movies, books, plays, like, they're all written about love hurting. Mm -hmm. And I feel like love does hurt, but I feel like that hurt can, like, take you to, you know, the person you're supposed to be with. So all that hurt can build. And, like, it's, I think it, too, can make you look, like, inwardly Mm -hmm. and be like, so, screwed that up, like, what? Like, what do I need to work on as a person? Yeah, so that I can be ready when the right person shows up. Mm-hmm. Can be my best me. Yeah, because I think when I think back on all of the relationships that I had before you, there was just so much of me that was like rough edges <laughs> that needed to be 
polished or calmed down or evaluated to see if that really was me or just who I was trying to be for that person I was dating at the time. And, you know, I, I do think that there's benefit in getting your heart broken. You know, it shows that you were brave enough to try and love somebody and, like being vulnerable is one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself to let somebody else truly see you. And I'm always sorry when people see you and they're like, you know what, that's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. But it just gets you one step closer to finding the person it will work for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've always looked at that like pain of past relationships to be like, it like it was that real like, because we've all had a breakup where it was, like, very mutual and very, like, eh, okay, whatever. Thank goodness that's done. Yeah. And, like, there was no pain. There was just, like, oh, my God, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we've all had the one where we're, like, just abysmal for weeks or months or, like, years. Oh, yeah. Total and train wreck. Yeah. Like, I think that just, you know, gets you one step closer to person you're supposed to be or be with or not be with or you know whatever so I think they all build towards something good well Lee do you have any uh, final thoughts on love for this February bonus episode no I think this was a super kind of fun idea to do around Valentine's Day and stuff and this will be like a shorter episode so I hope you know folks kind of put it on and like get a laugh out of it and then check out some of these awesome songs and uh, then get on with their, you know, Hallmark holiday. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's good to look back on your old relationships and laugh and be like, Oh God, remember what a train wreck I was? (laughs) Oh yeah. Thank goodness that is over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's super fun to like in hindsight, right. Reminisce about these and be like, I can't believe I thought that was going to work. Oh yeah. (laughs) yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's super fun. So, yeah, I think this is kind of a cool um, cool theme for, like, Valentine's Day and stuff. And I know we've talked about doing, like, our top, like, fuck you songs. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll put that in the docket for next Valentine's Day. Oh, that would be lovely. I have some really good ones. I do, too. And I'm sure in a year we will come up with even more. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all, wherever you are um, in this month of love, whoever you're celebrating it with, even if it's just you, you are seen and you are valued and you are important. So make sure that you take care of yourself and honor you in this uh, whole crazy world that we're living in. Yeah. And Al, who is our um, March album? Well, I'm really glad you asked. Um, We had been talking a while ago and we were like, man, we haven't done another like honorary thing since we talked about Bill Withers and John Prine. And then like the next week we found out that Meatloaf had passed away. So in honor of Meatloaf and all of our rock star friends from the 80s who love that kind of music, um, we are going to cover Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell and I think it's number one. Is that right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're covering the first one. Okay, perfect. Because you sure. told me that there were multiple bad out of hells, which is very inconvenient. Yeah, but it's got like each one just has more and more like awesome artwork for the <laughs> album. Well, I'm excited to check that out as we listen to it as well. 
So y'all, if you want to listen ahead or check out awesome artwork, Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell, uh, number one or number two. And uh, until we get to be with you again, this has been Songs of Our Own. Please enjoy your own songs. <laughs>